No Idea Original Sports. I'm Kenyatta. I'm Kareem. I'm Theo. What's going on? And we're here today with Josh Morgan Sr. How's everything today? Man, everything good. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking time out today, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. If you guys don't know, Josh Morgan Sr. is an ex-NFL wide receiver. One of the only guys, the only guys I've seen that was the basically the start of his whole career. <laughs> Starter for his whole career. That's to me, that's like extremely impressive. You know, people are fighting to get on the team, and we're talking to a guy who started like every year his whole career. That's extremely impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it, it was definitely a lot of hard work. Definitely a lot of fun, but. You know, one thing I always tell every coach, man, whoever you draft, they either going to play beside me or they're going to watch me play. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Now, I, I wanted to just jump right in uh, with that being said, Josh, and, and just ask you, when did you first realize that you had NFL-level talent, you know? Um, I always told myself I was going to go to the you know NFL or the NBA. I wanted, I actually wanted to be the first one to ever play in the NBA and NFL. Wow. But you know what I'm saying? That was AI came too late, and at that time, I ain't really see nobody in the NBA that was under six three. So I gave that up. Um, mm. But uh, if I knew what I knew now, I definitely would have stuck with the hooping because that was my first sport. As far as, as far as the NFL though, um, I think my freshman year at VTech, when we played that Sugar Bowl game versus Auburn in 2005. After that, when I torched them people, I think I had like three catches, 128 yards and two touchdowns, two touchdowns or something. After seeing those guys that I played against get drafted and go to the league and go first round, I was like, nah, ain't nothing about to stop me now. Like, that's when I knew for sure. Like, yeah, I'm about to go get all this. Yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, one of the things was him. I seen like you mentioned the Virginia Tech was him. You played, you played at Virginia Tech with five different quarterbacks, man. You know, how how was it adjusting to that? Because I'm looking like this man had to adjust every single year to playing with guys, and sometimes two different quarterbacks in one year. How how did you adjust to playing with those the, the group of guys you you had there? Man, one thing coming from the streets, man, you just get used to change, man. You just adapt to every situation, you know what I'm saying? Adapt to every situation. So with that being said, I just got used to it because even in high school, I never had the same quarterback two years in a row. And that kind of just followed me all the way through VTech, all the way through the NFL. I never had the same quarterback two years in a row. So, I mean, it was just to adapt and, you know what I'm saying, adjust to every situation, man. Don't let nothing stop you. Go out there and still try to make something happen. Yes, man. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, during your VA Tech years, I see you all-time fourth in um, receptions, eighth all-time receiving yards, and fifth all-time touchdowns. What about VA Tech that made you sound like them besides other schools who were, uh, I guess, recruiting you at the time? Man, the crazy part about V Tech was they they, they they stuck with me first. Like, they started recruiting me in the ninth grade. You know what I'm saying? And everybody else came along the way. And you know what I'm saying? I did some dumb stuff in high school. I ain't gonna lie. Okay. I got, of, I got put out of one high school for fighting. Gave to do like 50 stitches. They put me out. I transferred my senior year. Had to sit out until report cards came out. So, you know, and I only got to play the two playoff games and then the championship game. 
Okay. And that was that was all my football in high school. So oh, wow. for my coach, wow. my coach from my first high school, he hated on me and he ain't want to give me my highlight tapes. Mm. Highlight tapes. So basically, I ain't had nothing to show colleges come to my right. senior year. And like I said, I was hooping. So they was coming to my basketball games, recruiting me to play football. Right, so right. When it came down to it, they just always wanted me to sit up there and they was like, you know, why don't you think about going to Fourth Union? So after I graduated high school, I ended up going to Fourth Union Military Academy, probably like two hours away from Richmond, VA. And um, when I went down there, I killed. Like every school in the country wanted me then. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because VTech stayed with me and they was loyal, I just returned the loyalty and stuck with them. Right, right. Um, you see, you played basketball in high school, right? I see you was an MVP in two tournaments, man. How was that? Man, it was cool, man, but it was kind of... It was kind of like the, the, my basketball coaches always was pushing me towards football, too. So they was like, you know, they was like, nah, man, we ain't going to let you shine in this, too. We going <laughs> to let somebody else get some scholarship, let somebody else get some offers. So it was frustrating being out there trying to watch somebody else do their thing, and they they messing the money up, man. We losing right, championship right. and everything. That was the frustrating part, but it was always fun, man. I still go hoop for about three or four hours a day, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you have any uh, basketball scholarship offers on the table? Yeah, I had a couple, man. It was mostly D2 joints. I think, and a lot of the D1s that came, they was like, they was trying to finesse me, man, telling me that they was going to let me play basketball and football. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, know, I know it was finesse game because uh, when the, uh, the UNC wanted me, and I'm like, hold up, man. Y'all the same people that had Michael Jordan, James <laughs> Word. <and everybody. laughs> y'all mean to tell me y'all going to let me come and play for UNC and play football? I'm like, nah, y'all. Y'all <laughs> I can't do it. But that was part of, that was even more reason why I stuck with VTech because they kept it real. Like he told me, man, if you come here, I'm not letting you touch basketball. Cause he already knew, like I said, he already knew, like if I had any success on that basketball court, I was going to stop playing football and I was going to go to the NBA. <laughs> so yeah. he already knew what it was. Right. Like, man, I'm this basketball court. Listen, as a, as a two sport athlete, man, listen, and, and playing that well and playing at that level where you even get to a point where where people are interested you in level. So, you know, can you tell people what type of dedication and work goes into that to even to be able to play one sport at a Division One level and then have people entertain playing two sports at a Division One level mm-hmm. and then go to NFL and stuff? I mean, could you tell people, like, what type of work and dedication really goes into that, man? Man, that's crazy. I was just telling some kids about this uh, <laughs> last night at the gym. You know, we open it up and we go to this little gym every night from, like, 8 o'clock and we don't close until, like, 1 in the morning. And they was in there and you know, it's just different, man. You know, it's just understanding your why and understanding, you know what I'm saying, why you really doing what you're doing. And, and once you understand that, your grind is different. You know what I'm saying? Like me, me coming up, man, like I said, I graduated high school basically homeless. Like I was living on four different people and four different people's houses. I slept on, you know, on my point guard, I slept on his couch for three or four months. And then I transferred to my, was on my quarterback couch for a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? Then I transferred to his aunt's basement after that. And then after that, I ended up graduating and I was living with my godparents who I was playing AAU basketball for. So, you know what I'm saying? My grind always been a little different. You know what I'm saying? I had to jump off the, I had to jump off the pot, off the porch when I was 12 years old and, you know what I'm saying, go help grandma pay the bills and all types of stuff. 
So, you know what I'm saying? My mindset was just always different. And it was always to the point, like my OGs was going to tell me, you know what I'm saying? We know you got to do what you got to do, but at the same time, you got to tell them to get out of here so don't get caught up in this. So, you know what I'm saying? My focus and my grind was always different. You know what I'm saying? I got stabbed in high school, went played the game two days later, scored four touchdowns. Wow. I done got shot at plenty of times. You know, my best friends that got killed. You know, while I was at tech alone, I went to like 40 funerals. Wow. I done had, you know, my cousin got shot by the police. Yeah, it, it was just a lot of stuff that I experienced at a young age that just had my mindset different. And it was just like, you know, I was saying stuff that most kids my age weren't saying. I was going through stuff that most kids weren't going through. So I'm 14 years old and I'm out there after practice, out there trying to get it. Cause I know I got to come up with this 1200 or else the lights going to be out. You know what I'm saying? Or if I don't come up with this 800 for this heat, you know, for the bill, it ain't going to be no heat in the wintertime. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you just get tired of heating the house with the oven. You just get tired of, you know, I ain't even have cable until I went to college. You know, I ain't had my own shower until I went to college. My grandmother, I grew up, my grandmother, she still had the old, big old white porcelain slave to, you know, <laughs> and I'm standing mm. up. My big ass standing up in that joint trying to wash up and all this and that, you know what I'm saying? So I go to my wow. friend's house and they got showers, they got cable, they got their own room, they got a bed, you know what I'm saying? I slept on a futon. <laughs> I slept on a futon most of my high school career, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't even had my own bed till I went to college. So just saying all that, man, my grind was just always different, man. It was just always... You know what I'm saying? On some real give rich or die trying type, you know what I'm saying, type of mentality. Like, man, I'm gonna make it out of here and I don't care what you do, you can shoot me, you can stab me, you can rob me, you can cut one of my legs off, you're not gonna stop me. So when it came to training and all that, that was the easy part. Cause I had so much pain and I had so many things that I was holding in. That was my escape. I thought I'd rather make my body feel that pain than be sitting around crying about my situation. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather make my body. And I made up this little quote where it was like, I make my sweat after my tears. And then I turn my pain into passion and then fight to overcome every obstacle before me. And once you got that mentality, man, ain't nothing gonna stop you, man. I saw too much too young. Yeah, agree. And I think it's an even bigger testament to you having gone through all that to, to make it to that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, because I, I, I always tell myself, like, my grandmother cried so hard on my 18th birthday just because I made it to 18. So I mm. know I wasn't supposed to be here, you know what I'm saying? So just, you know what I'm saying, I just, I just, that, that, I honestly, that's what made me even start getting in the church and believing in God and all that, because I was just like, bro, seeing the stuff I saw and going through what I went through, God was the only thing that made sense. Cause everybody else getting shot at, they getting hit. Wow. I'm getting shot at lane. I'm I'm walking away untouched. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else getting stabbed. They out for a month, six weeks, or whatever. I get stabbed. I go play a game three days later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just different. You grew up in Washington D.C. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's real, man. That's that's definitely real, man. Yeah. So I, when you was out there in the NFL, man, as I said, when you played and you literally played in the golden era of cornerbacks, man. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't too many slouches you played against. Who who would you say is the toughest corner that you faced? Man, I ain't gonna hold you, man. The toughest corner, and I give him his credit. The toughest corner I ever faced 
was when I was in college. His name was Jimmy Williams. Okay. Uh, he was number two. He he wore number two before I did. He was a six three corner. He was a hooper. He went to the same high school AI went to down there in Hampton. He went to Bethel. He ran a four three seven. He jumped like a thirty eight. But he he, and he was a safety turned the corner. You know, usually corners turn the safety. Safeties, yeah. He was a safety turned the corner. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He had quick feet, long arms, everything. But in the league, in the league, I, I'm a, I mean, I'm going to give him a little respect, man. Revis was the toughest one. Okay. Real Revis was the toughest one, man. He was just on some, he was just on some, like, he was just smart. Like, he was just, he wasn't the fastest dude, but he was just in your way. He had all them old ass, ass, <laughs> what are you doing? It just frustrates you, mess up your route. Mess up the whole defense, mess with the quarterback. Half the time, it ain't even look like he's checking me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got a free route. Next thing you know, he picking that train off going the other way. So, yeah, mm. hands down, Earl Reeves was the toughest one I've seen. I guess on the flip side of that, um, who is your favorite team uh, to play for? Because I know you played for a few different teams. Who would you say was your, your favorite team? The 49ers. That organization from top to bottom, man, don't get no better. You know what I'm saying? From the owners to the GM to the coaching staff to the training staff to the team. Like, people don't understand. The only reason I left the 49ers was to come home because they said my grandmother was sick and they had too much longer to leave. You know what I'm saying? She was that old school grandma. Like I said, she still had the porcelain slave to she ain't never, if she had to get in the plane, she wasn't coming. If she had to get in the train, she wasn't coming. If she couldn't drive, she wasn't coming. So, you know what I'm saying? My grandma was my best friend. Of, like, she was the most important person in the world to me. So I only left San Fran to come home and spend that time with her and, you know, had the opportunity to, to you know, see her in the stands at my games and stuff like that because I ain't had that opportunity since college. So that was the only reason I left. But, um, yeah, hands down, San Fran. Man. Oh, talk to the oh. <coughs> um, what would you say will be? What would you say will be your best years at San Fran? 09 or twenty ten? Those years seem to be your best two years at San Fran. Yeah, because my rookie year I was playing through injuries, and then my last year I had the season in the injury. But my last year, eleven, that was going to be my best year. You know, before I broke my, I think I broke my leg the fifth game of the season when we played Tampa Bay. Being greedy, man. Mm. Greedy. Coach Marball set us down. We blowing Tampa Bay out. Coach Marball set me and Crabtree down. And, uh, he set us down like after everything. And then he put us in. That, he said, man, I want y'all to go warm up. Y'all going to go in with Colin Kaepernick. So we get hyped because we like, man, yeah. We like, yeah, Colin going to the game. We about to throw the ball. We about to score some touchdowns, get these steps up. <laughs> So we get hyped, we go at that game, man. And look first, just like I said, Carla took us down the field. He throw Crabtree a pass. Crabtree get like 30 yards. He throw me a pass. I get like 40 yards. Next thing you know, we down there in touchdown range. I mean, in the red zone in like three plays. And um, I run over there, man. I'm diving. I try to dive. And that's why they created the horse collar. Because the dude, like, I put my feet in the ground to dive in the end zone. Dude yeah. pulled back. And then another dude hit me. On my leg, and I broke my leg the same way Alex Smith broke his leg in 2018. Mm. I did the same thing. Only mine ain't get infected like his, but I did the same thing. And um, but yeah, that was gonna be my best year, man. 
I was, I, I, the, the, it was, it was only five games into the season, but it just felt different. You know, I was in the best shape of my life. You know, I was doing everything. They wasn't taking me off the field. You know what I'm saying? Punt return, kick return. They was trying to really get me to do everything. And, uh, it was just fun, man. It just felt, it felt like, yeah, it was my money year. Now, what's the recovery process for an injury like that? Man, I, the, it's got to be a mental thing as well as physical, you know, to, to bounce back from an injury like that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a mental thing. But at the same time, it's all about the organization you go to. So my, my little situation was different because I got I had a season ending injury with one team, but it was my free agent year. And I ended up signing a free agent to go to the skins. And when I come to the, oh, my bad, the Washington football team now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I when I signed to come here, they wanted me to play right away. So I ain't really get a chance to rehab that joint or nothing. I still had screws in my foot. And you know how your ankle flexion like this? I had a screw on the top of my ankle to lock it. So I couldn't really bend my, I couldn't get up on my tippy toes, push off or nothing. I was flat footed on one foot. And I still ended up being the team lead receiver that year. <laughs> after the season, after that season, I ended up taking the screw out of my foot and they let me take the screw out. And I'm thinking once again, it's my free agent year. I'm about to kill. And that's when me and Coach Shanahan got into it. That's another story though. But uh, yeah, it definitely, normally it'll take at least six to nine months for that to heal naturally. But yeah, I broke my leg. <laughs> That was October when I broke my leg. And when I signed in March, they had me out there running, practicing. When I came to the skates. Yeah. We need you ready. We need you to play. Uh-huh. I didn't even rehab. You know, I couldn't rehab with the 49ers because I signed with the Washington football team. So yeah. as soon as I came here, they were like, nah, we need you to play. Let's go. Wow. So who, who would you say, what, um, what offensive coordinator you, would you say brought out the best in you that you felt like, you know, pushed you to, to, to get the best out of you? Mike Marks when I was in San Fran. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he's tough. Yeah, the greatest show on turf. Yeah, creative. Marks, yeah, and we ran their offense too. You know what I'm saying? I had Isaac Bruce out there with me, teaching me everything, took me under his wing, teaching me everything. I had Jerry Rice on the sideline coaching me. I practiced and in the game. I was in heaven for real. I'm like, bro, I got two Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? They really took me up under their wing. And I'm like, man, but yeah, Mike Moss offense, man. And Mike Moss pushed me to the limit every day. You know what I'm saying? He just kept saying, he was like, even Isaac was like, man, you got Tory Holtz down there. You know what I'm saying? You got great hands. You got Jerry Rice way like they was just <laughs> I ain't gonna say they was gassing me, but they just kept me going. You know what I'm saying? That's good. They knew they knew the only thing I had to do was keep my mind right, like I said, because I saw too much. And now you bite my tongue. I, I never learned how to play that game. So um, I used to say stuff to get me in trouble. <laughs> so so you play on the Washington I mean the Washington football team. <laughs> I mean, Shanahan was supposed to be some offensive guru too, or something, man. I see you shaking your head already, man. What what happened with Shanahan, man? You shaking your head. <laughs> uh, I think Coach Shanahan just was still off his high from when he went to Super Bowl with the Broncos. We all okay. think about it. he had John Elway and Terrell Davis. You know what I'm saying? It ain't hard to run the ball like that. Yeah. 
you can't make everybody a Terrell Davis. You know yeah. You can't make RG3 a John Elway. Yeah. It's two different type of talents. Yeah. And when I got there, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, everything was good. I was already messed up the day and wanna, you know, he was just in the way. Like he was just in the way. <laughs> he didn't understand that his time was up and to let his son take over. Like Kyle Cunningham, you see yeah. the success he had everywhere he went. Yeah. Took Atlanta to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. We also had Sean McGay on that stash. You see the oh. success he had. So it's like we got all these people, and ninety percent of our touchdown was called by Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. But yet, Mike won't get in the way and start. You know what I'm saying? Calling that bull. And <laughs> we go from up seventeen to down seven, and it's like, hey, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Everybody like, oh, Mike calling the place. <laughs> it's, it's that type of situation, man. He was he he should have been more like of a GM. Instead okay. of really trying to be on the field running things, man, his time was up. His son, it was it was his son time to shine, and he, you know, like I said, y'all see the success we had, man, with Kyle and with. Uh, Josh, I want to ask you: In high school, you played uh, three positions, right? Uh, quarterback, receiver, and CB, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, was why you chose wide receiver instead of the other two positions? Man, because. I was stupid. <laughs> if, I knew, if I knew what I knew now, you know, I definitely would have stayed a quarterback and no doubt. I tried to, to be Michael Vick part two, but uh, right, right. He was just came natural to me, man. It was just mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it was just the only way I could really use my athleticism without, you know, what I'm saying because I played quarterback and when I played quarterback. I ain't had nobody to throw to because I was the best receiver. Gotcha. They just doubled my other receiver, and I'm out there running the ball the whole mm. time. So, I mean, that's right. When I got to P Tech, I was just like, you know, I asked them, I was like, what, what are we going to do? And they was like, you know, my whole highlight tape, I was killing that receiver. But I don't know. It was, it was the only way I could really dominate the game without having the ball in my hand every play. Because gotcha. I know, I think a quarterback, like I said, I, I sometimes I got too much confidence in myself. So I was out there really beaming that thing sometimes. <laughs> 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 Coach just calls the bull, man. What are you about to run that? You know what I'm saying? That was just too political for me for, at, gotcha. at, at the stay at quarterback. At okay. You know what I'm saying? And I, like I said, I wasn't polished or I wasn't ready for none of that. I couldn't play that play that politically correct game. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like, nah, coach, you calling that bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. We trying to win the game. You playing it, you know, and now I call right. coaches out and not that type of stuff. And all coaches ain't like that. All coaches can't take that, especially, you know, the Caucasian coaches. They mm-hmm. thinking they ain't used to, you know, African-American yeah. speaking their mind and basically like, nah, come on, let's go. Like, you, you tripping. You know, they ain't used to none of that, so. Basically, because I didn't want to shut up and get in line, I was like, no, nah, I'm not playing all that. I can play receiver and I can say whatever I want. You still got to throw me the ball. Mm. Gotcha. I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the controversy uh, surrounding the Washington football team, the name? What do you think of the controversy surrounding it? Man, 
being from here, people have been complaining about that name for as long as I can remember. Oh, wow. Um, for as long as I can remember people. And I'm talking about, you know, I'm showing my age, but I was born in 85. You know what I'm saying? They Back then, they was arguing about the name, trying to get people to change the name and everything. So I just think it's long overdue. And I just think it's it's sad that, you know what I'm saying, Coach Snyder really, I mean, not Coach Snyder, but Dan Snyder really took his time and Nike had to put the press on him and basically threaten his money to make him even want to think about your name. You know what I'm saying? That just show you like the different mindsets of organizations. Because if that was the 49ers or something like that, they probably would have been changed the name. All right, let's get moving. We try and win a championship. We try and win a Super Bowl. Coach Schneider worried about the money and it took for him to threaten his money just for him to be like, oh, all right, well, we not going to call it. We're going to drop the Redskins now. After how many years they've been talking about this and protesting the people outside of practice, protesting people outside of the games, protesting because you, you know the Redskins this, the Redskins that, people been hated that name. So just being a Washingtonian, it's like, bro, you been tripping. Like, you should have been there this. You know what I'm saying? Just like he being hard-headed on moving the team back to D.C. Like, RFK Stadium sitting right there not doing nothing. Parking lots around there, everything around there, they building up. You want this money, go get that money. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody want to keep yeah. it all the way to Ashburn, Virginia, 45 <laughs> an hour the FedEx field. And y'all call the Washington Redskins. Like, nah, <laughs> Merlin. That's, that's Merlin. Nah, take them back to D.C. where they want mm-hmm. to see both their history really at. Mm-hmm. You know, really, but, I mean, the controversy always there. Just like a lot of other stuff that's in the organization. But it just show you the mentality of the, the leadership, the people who put in command. A lot on the field, man. And, I, you know, I hear about the good things in the community and stuff. Listen, just, you know, being with the kids and talking to them and stuff like that. What would you say is, like, your greatest accomplishments on and off the field? Um, man, I think my greatest accomplishment on the field was honestly just being out there, like just running out that tunnel and, you know, really living living out my dream, you know what I'm saying? Really seeing everything and all the work I put in, all the and come to fruition. Like, I think that I mean, we win a couple of division titles and all that, but man, I don't really count if you don't win the Super Bowl, so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I never caught up on I never got caught up on no personal achievements. Like I always try to be a team guy. Um I think off the field I think my biggest accomplishment is every time I really see the work I put in with a kid and you see that light go off. Like you see you see the light go off and you see that switch turn and then they turn around and then and they they get it. Like you see them get it. I think that those those are my biggest accomplishments. Every time I get a kid like that, and that happened, because that end up, you know, they end up texting me like, "It's people I ain't seen since '08 when I first got out San Fran that still like, reach out to me on social media or something and be like, "Man, I really thank you for this. What you said to me changed my life. Hearing your story saved my life. You know, you really impacted me and stuff like that." So I think. That'd be my biggest accomplishment because that's the stuff that ain't going to be on TV. That's the stuff they're not going to put on the news or nothing like that, you know, but it's really the stuff that stick with people. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's what? That was 08. It's, it's 2020 and people still sending me messages from 
stuff I did 10, 11 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So that's just like, I think that's my biggest accomplishment, like really making a difference in people's lives and really, you know what I'm saying, being a spark or, you know what I'm saying, sparking that brain. Like Tupac said, man, you could talk to as many people as you want, but if you're in the room full of people and you spark the brain of one person, you did your job. So I think that's my biggest accomplishment. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, Joe, I'm actually, um, your brother Daniel, how you doing? Your brother Daniel, I know you came with kidney recently. How's he doing, man, with the kidney surgery? Oh man, he's doing real good. Man, he's great doing to hear, man. Great, great. He was all he had the dark patches, but he was just looking real sick, man. Right. So, he got that kidney, the skin started cleaning up, coming back to life. He got all his energy back. He don't got put on them four hours, three, four days a week in dialysis. He got two beautiful daughters that you know he could just go enjoy his life with, man. So. Great to hear, man. Do for that. Great to hear. Yeah, that's great. Now, with uh, CTE being obviously a big thing in the NFL, do you think there's like anything the league can do to make the game more safe? Now, at this point, honestly, and I know I'm not trying to be funny, but honestly, I don't. What more can you do, man? Because it's basically flag football now. You know, the game is safer than we ever been, <laughs> you know. I mean, some of the hits they throwing flags on was them hits that when I was growing up, it was, oh, you just saying stars, man. Get up, shake it off, get back in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I was coming out, I was getting ready for, you know what I'm saying, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. But I was getting ready for the Sean Taylors and the Steve Atwaters and all those safeties yeah. and all those type of hits. Man, there ain't nothing going on out there now, man. <laughs> so I think the NFL did a great job. They changed all the equipment. They changed the rules. And they changed the rules so, to a point that it's going to hurt people's pockets. Like, them 15-yard penalties turning into $20,000 fines and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? The second time you do it, the fine just go up. And the third time you do it, the fine go up. And that's how you really get these players' attention. Like, like you got Dan Snyder attention. You go mess with their money and they're going to act right. And they're going to change <laughs> They're going to get in line. You know what I'm saying? As far as CTE, I just hate that it took for concussion to come out. And now the movie Concussion came out. And now everybody want to make a point of emphasis of it. Like, that been going on, man. And that's when I hated Mr. Peace Gail Sayers. But Gail Sayers just died. And when I was in Chicago with Gail Sayers, you know, he came to speak to us and he kept forgetting what he was saying, like, every three sentences. Yeah, it was just sad to see because you looking at guys and, like me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a film, I'm a gym rat. So I'm in the film room all the time and I'm watching Gail Sayers and then to see him in person and not remember that he just now said what he said two minutes ago. Like, stuff like that just made you feel sorry for the older guys, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, y'all should have been to kill these, man, because they paid away for us. You know what I'm saying? I just always big on loyalty and respect and respecting the OGs and all that. So it was just like, they should have been made a point of emphasis of it. Because guys like Gail Sayers and Walter Payton and a lot of these other guys, with Junior Seau, you know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys that really paid the way, like I was wearing their jerseys in elementary school, like, man, y'all could have saved their life and they could have stayed in here and enjoyed their family. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. So what was it? What was it like that out there with Cap, man? I mean, 
was Cap always like always like this that he is now? Because the, the, I mean, Cap sparked the movement. You got to know that. <laughs> so, I mean, and you was around Cap. I mean, was this 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 who Cap always was or? <laughs> I know people gonna hate me for this, man. But um, Cap, Cap definitely. Uh, he definitely. Nah, uh, where, where, where is this being told at? How honest can I be with y'all? <laughs> you can be as honest as you can, man. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put it to you like this: When we drafted Cap, Cap had like the little seashell necklace. He was fresh from when he went to the University of Nevada. He, you know, was big with his, uh, you know, he had pledged. I want to say Cap or Alpha or something. And um, you know, he was skinny. He ain't really have his weight on yet. Um, I'm not gonna say how he got Nessa. <laughs> okay. But if y'all do y'all research, that always been. <laughs> her movement and that was her lane so if you put the timeline together <laughs> then you see where that came from okay. I respect him for everything he did I always support the man but at the same time like it's hard to really really you know buy in when it's like it's like, do you really look at it like, oh yeah, do you look at it as growth? Or do you look at it like me, being a street dude, it's like, bro, you snitched on your teammate. <laughs> Nessa was dating Alden Smith. Mm. Oh, wow. You snitch on Alden Smith, then you end up with his girl, mm. and now you got this whole movement that, like I said, I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I respect the movement to the fullest. But is that really you, or are you just like, mm-hmm. like I ain't gonna say no more? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of that, though. Do you think because of the movement, he was blackballed from the league? Yeah, he was definitely blackballed from the league. But he, the first time he did it, like he was blackballed, and I and I was mad because it's like the movement is real, and you know all the social injustice it needed to be done. But at the same time, when they gave him a chance, what was that last year? Yeah, my chance last year, and he did what he did. Like I, I was like, come on, like they gave you a chance. They brought twenty different NFL teams out here to come watch you work out, and you wait till the last minute to say, oh nah, I don't trust it. I'm gonna work out up here, up the street. But you know they blackballed him, and, and you know that was a terrible move. Because how you sign the receivers that he threw to, <laughs> you sign mm-hmm. all the receivers he was throwing to. One of them ended up coming to the to the Washington football team. You sign the receivers he threw to, but you don't sign him. Like I think that was that was a terrible move. You know what I'm saying? He really had a chance to go out there and, and really play if he wanted to. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I thought that was kind of crazy, like switching into the high school field and all that stuff. And then I think uh, some coaches still went out there to the high school field, but I think it went from like 20 down to three or something. Some people just like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess with this after that. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was strange. Yeah, because the whole mindset of it, like if you really telling everybody in the media saying, I'm going to play, I'm going to play, and they do that, and you just switch to high school because you want to control the atmosphere, you want to control the film, 
Like, what do you want to control your own film for? <laughs> Walk everybody and say, oh, yeah, I, I killed the workout, but I still ain't get signed. Like, nah, bro, you could have just showed up, did the workout. They're going to give you the film anyway. They're not going to make you look bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They signed, they asked them to sign all type of agreements and everything. Legally, it was legit. So it's like, go out there and kill. Because the boy could play. He way better than some starters still in the game right now. Yeah, I definitely see that. I would agree. Hey, Josh, uh, who was your funniest teammate you seven funny? years in the league? Yeah, just always got jokes, keeping the team lively, you know, and for, for the energy, you know, live spirit. Man, I honestly, I don't know. It's too many of them. So many, I can imagine, man. <laughs> I was in San Fran, man. If me, Michael Crabtree, and Ted again got together, it was a problem. Okay. <laughs> clowning all day, and they mad because we young, we clowning, we out here killing. Right. Clowning everybody. We clowning the other coach, we clowning the other team. Man, if you go back and look at them days when we first got out there San Fran, we on the field clowning Seattle corners. Like, we clowned this before Richard Sherman was really Richard Sherman. And they had big old Brandon Browner. Yeah, yeah. And big 6'4 knock needed corner. Yeah. He out there trying to make his knees knock and trying to make him fall. Release it off the line and everything. But, uh, yeah, I had Takeo Spikes, the OG. He was funny as hell. Okay. The Frank Gore. Frank Gore okay. was funny as hell. You know what I'm saying? We had too many clowns, man. Alan Rawson, OG. Mm-hmm. OG, yeah, remember him. Yeah, funny as hell, man. We had too many funny guys, man. We had a D lineman, man. Ah, we had a D lineman. He come out there. He come out there, and I'm about to like I'm mad after a preseason game, right? This preseason, <laughs> I'm mad. Throwing my helmet in the locker, or anything else. He be, he he come slap me. Talk about something. Damn, bro. You'll be all right, man. The check be here Tuesday. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, it was crazy, man. We had funny coaches. Like, Harbaugh was funny. Mike Singletary was hilarious, man. Yeah. Man, we should have had hard knocks them years. He was the head coach. Wow. <laughs> It'll be a classic. Yeah, can't, can't do it, won't do it, huh? Won't do it. <laughs> if you look at that film, I'm right there in the back. I'm laughing like I don't know what. Especially when he said 85, and he Vernon turned around all fast like he was hyped by to put him back in the game. He was like, "Nah, you got the hat, son. Take your helmet with you." <laughs> I'm gonna say I play with ten. I don't care. <laughs> but, man, we had crazy funny people, man. When I came to the, uh, when, yeah, they were the Washington football team. But when I came here, man, Trent Williams funny as I don't know what. Um, we had a lot of funny. The P.I. got some was funny as I don't know what. Santana Moss, Calm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We had some comedians, man. Okay. You come out here grinding every day, man. You, man, you got to. You got to make fun of this. Right. right. Santana Moss, man. I think he already said it, so I ain't snitching. But we used to, in the cold games, like it used to be like below 30, below 20, man. We in that joint. We used to. Take a little hit for the handy. We go out there in the warm ups. We go out there in the warm ups and we'll be good. We at the whole game. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, I had plenty of funny teammates, man. Nice. I can't, I can't honestly say who the funniest one was. 
I know the funniest pair of teammates was probably saying that whole Brandon Marshall, Jay Cutler thing in Chicago. Like, I ain't <laughs> never seen nothing like that. Mm. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler need their own show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Martellus Bennett was funny, too. But yeah, Brandon, I can see that. Yeah, but Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler, that's different right there. <laughs> that's different. Now, one of the things like in my family that always like used to come up on on like Thanksgiving is we used to debate. Do you think the app like the average person can gain a few yards in the in the league? Not at all, man. The average person, man, nah. I don't even think the average person to make it back to the line of scrimmage, man. Uh, <laughs> you gotta think, man. Three hundred pounders moving, <laughs> the weight, they fast, they agile, and it, and it happens so fast in the league. Like that's what I don't think. I think people take for granted, like one lord, man, you out of there, like you gotta hit that crease and you gone because it's gonna close up so fast, man. Like, man, I swear, yeah. nah. You you know the average fan at home sit there and watch TV, see it be like third and one or fourth and one, and yelling at the TV like, "Damn, he ain't get to play!" Like it's that easy to do or something. <laughs> Pros versus shows, man. I'm <laughs> Backflipped up out of there. <laughs> I mean, you gotta think like this, and this happened in college when I was at VTech. I was always a bigger receiver, like six one, two twenty. You know what I'm saying? That's considered like a bigger Yeah. And when I tell you this, man, Marcus Vick stared me down when we played Florida State. They in Tampa, too. Marcus Vick playing quarterback. He stared me down on the slant. When I tell you Ernie Sams had a head start. (laughs) (laughs) I caught the ball ball for a seven-yard gain and ended up being a two-yard loss. That's how hard Wow. Biggest receiver in the team. So just imagine what an average person would do. (laughs) (laughs) They all like messed up. Oh, man. So since you retired, man, I seen that was something that you've been doing, some some training work and stuff like that, man. Tell tell me something about how that's going. Man, since I retired, I've been um, I've been trying to do movies. I always been in the acting, so I did like four movies, nice. um, small roles. Um, I did. I'm working on a book, and hopefully, my book can turn into a movie, and hopefully, the movie can turn into a TV series. I'm still waiting on Tyler Perry to hit me back. So, well, nice. Holler at me, man. Waiting on you, <laughs> but uh. Um, and yeah, other than that, I always just been mentoring kids. I usually, I don't try to take on no more than like 50 kids because I really be trying to go to their schools, check on them, you know, really try to be active in their life. Like that they need training, help them, really try to teach them the right way and be the person that I needed for myself growing up. You know what I'm saying? Really try to be something positive in their life. Go to all their games, support their games, get them tutors if they need tutors get them counseling if they need counseling you know what i'm saying just i really try to be everything i could possibly be for them kids so i don't try to take on no more than like 50 kids um and i've been working with them for at least three three years now so um i've really been 
like that's what take up most of my time. I got a six-year-old son, so I've been trying to raise him, you know. And of course, you know, God got jokes because he into everything I stopped doing in high school. Like, he loved baseball. I ain't played baseball since high school. <laughs> <laughs> into the BMX bikes and all that. I ain't did that since middle school, you know. So he, just, he loved everything that I stopped doing and been stopped doing. But, you know, I'm really trying to raise him, full-time father, trying to raise him and teach him the right way to, you know what I'm saying, live his life. Um, Outside of that, man, coaching football, you know, oh, I receive a coach at uh, Archbishop Curl right now. Um, I wanted to go to college, but after I retired, you know, I just got used to enjoying my family and spending that time with my family. So I was like, nah, college football, college coaches spend more time coaching than the NFL did. So, you know, I just wanted my free time. Um, yeah, but training these kids, man, it's been fun, man, because, you know, when I, when I got to college, a lot of these athletes and a lot of people had bad habits that they had to unlearn and they had to be retrained. So I try to catch them like six, seven, eight years old, nine years old and teach them the right way to do it so they don't have to unlearn no bad habits because you got a lot of coaches out there and they looking up stuff on YouTube and they taking what they see on YouTube and trying to do this. <laughs> put a bunch of cones out there and you got a bunch of robots out there like they on the cones and, you know they just messing these kids up and, and then gassing them like oh yeah yeah that's it that's good and, you know what I'm saying hyping them up and po posting a video the video get a bunch of likes and now the kid think they a fast star athlete or something and it's like bro you get out there one on one in front of all these college coaches and you get locked up like what are you really doing yeah and I really I take that part out of it because that's more demoralizing to a kid than, you know what I'm saying, me actually doing what I'm doing. Make you work for real, you know what I'm saying? Make you grind for real. Teach you the mm -hmm. right way to do it. You know what I'm saying? The best way to do it, get out there and bump. You know what I'm saying? You get out there, go one-on-one. -on -one. Run this versus this. Press them every play, you know what I'm saying? That's the only way you're going to get better. Really go out there and keep doing it. Repetition is the father of learning. So, you know what I'm saying? The more you do it, the more it's going to become second nature. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just how it is. When I was coming out of high school, they was driving me all the way to the Redskins facility, and I had to go bump against, you know, Daryl Green, Sean Springs, and all them guys. I'm in yeah. high school. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what you want, duck this wreck, or you really want to go to the next level? That's you know, good. So, that's how we try to set it up and always do it. You know, really try to make these kids not only, you know, transform their lives, but transform their minds, too. Cause a lot of these kids like me, man, a lot of these kids gotta grow up fast. Or real fast. So really try to help them through all the early situations. Does does the league like prepare the players for life after football or provide any like support or anything like that? Or or is it just basically when you're done, you're done? You got they doing a better job of that, you know what I'm saying? That's more so like the NFL PA which is full of former players that, you know, got the short end of the stick and far pause, but got the, you know, got the, oh, you done, who are you, where are you, I don't know you, you know what I'm saying? So those players, you know what I'm saying, are a lot of the players that's in the NFLPA, 
that's doing a great job of just reaching out to former players, inviting you out. You know, they putting together all types of different programs. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all good. Like, like as far as the CTE you mentioned, like they got programs where you could fly to the facility and go see some of the best doctors in the world and you sure. down there for two days and they making sure your brain straight. They making, they testing you physically. You know, they just really making sure you good. So, and they got a lot of programs that, you know, as far as getting you jobs, like they got this program called the Bridge of Success, where you could go down there and they got all these companies that come and basically you can link with whoever, get a job if you hurting, you know what I'm saying? They got, they, they doing a much better job of it. But when I first got in the league, I ain't gonna lie, they was, they was like, boy, you better get your money while you can, because when you done, you done. Oh, wow. They, they doing a way better job of it now. And like I said, it's just because a lot of former players running these running these companies and running the NFLPA. You know, D. Morgan Smith and all those guys, they're doing an amazing job now. So that's great. Hey, Jack, let me ask you, man. Junior time playing, uh, before one more, I said before the game started, who you had in ear? Was it like a R&B artist, a hip-hop artist? Hip-hop. Oh. Hip-hop, yeah. Yeah, it was always hip hop, man. I'm a Jay Z man, so it was okay. Always, <laughs> it was always Hove, man. I feel like I feel like Hove told my life story, man. Only he was from New York and I was from DC. Mm-hmm. He had Beyonce. I was looking for my Beyonce. <laughs> he had a lot more money than me. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like he told my life story, man, from reasonable doubt all the way to 444. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, told my life story. You know what I'm saying? So it was always okay. Hove, you know, it was a splash of other people here and there, but it was Hove, it was Biggie, you know, it was Pop, you know, it was Old Wayne, you know, it was all, man, it was all types yeah, of you naming legends, bro. Definitely naming legends, man. <laughs> I don't never try to listen to no BS, man. Yeah, I hear you. Game time, I gotta go, and that's all, right. I'm, <laughs> all I'm hearing. I'm listening uh-huh. to every every play i'm singing a song because that's mm-hmm. how I'm you know what i'm saying i'm studying with the music on and i i always well in chaos so i had to have the music blasting the tv had to be on everything and i'm studying my playbook so you know what i'm saying i'm singing songs remembering plays and you know the more you watch film man you go out there and it's second nature and you gotcha you know, they had me mic'd up one game man I wasn't even talking shit. I was just out there singing, rapping. Very, very catch. I got a lyric for you. You know what I'm saying? It was just stuff like that. Like music, music saved my life, man. So yeah, it's all types of music, but I'm hip hop. I wanted to ask you, how are you making out in this pandemic? Man, this pandemic came at the perfect time for me because I had knee surgery and February. Then I did the kidney transplant in March. So, I mean, it came for the perfect time for me. I, I was in there healing up, resting, you know what I'm saying? Get my body back right, you know? So, pandemic been cool for me. And like I said, as far as the sports and everything else, I still been able to connect with the kids, make sure they straight. People still out here training, people still out here playing games, playing basketball, and still gyms open, still football games going on, so. You know, the only thing changed as far as is going to the college games, taking the kids to the college games so they could get that experience. That's probably the only thing that changed. But yeah, as far as everything else, I'm good. Put my money up. I'm good. 
So, looking at the game today, could you tell what receivers do you like out there right now? Man, I was telling my young boys this. Uh, I love Devontae Adams, man. His release package is crazy. <laughs> His route's crazy. Um, I think Julio, the best athlete. He's still raw, though, but Julio, hands down, the best athlete out there. Like, like He's like a freak of nature. Like, Julio, like Brandon Marshall used to be. You know mm. Just jump. He is, he's, he's just crazy. Um, I'm not going to say he's the best athlete because I, I know OBJ is the best athlete, like, from basketball to football to soccer to baseball. Man, <laughs> um, it's crazy. Um, I know he's struggling down there with Baker. I know, he's <laughs> but uh, yeah, o- OBJ still killing. I like, I still like Juice Landry. That's um, a lot of guys, man. That's all killing these young guys. I like CD Lamb. He played big last week. Um, I still, I like Amari Cooper still. You know what I'm saying? I just wish, you know, he he he, he duck he he ducks and wrecks sometimes. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that last catch on that last drive, I man, he ended up, he could have just ran through it, took the hit, got the catch, got the yardage, game over, kick the field, do whatever you need to do in the game. But he kind of ducked some wreck. And I don't know if they battered it down or picked it off. Or I don't know what happened, but it's just a situation like that that I want to see Amari Cooper just step up and run through it. Um, who else? It's a lot of speed out here. I really like what's my man name in uh ah what's my man name in Cincinnati? AJ Green? T T Higgins. T Higgins, oh yeah, yeah, yes. I love him. He's good too. He's a hooper too. Mm-hmm. He's a hooper. He, he, he's a hooper. Uh, I, I like T Higgins. There's a lot of guys out there, man. I could go on early all day, man, but you know, I think DeAndre Hopkins still top of the list. You know, um, yeah, it ain't too many like him. DeAndre Hawkins killer. DeAndre Hawkins on that list. So I don't know. It'll be hard for me to rank a top five, but some of the top ones in the game. It's still early in the season, but do you have a a, um, a champion already? Do you have any idea? Early predictions? Nah, I don't, man. Early, man. I mean, of course. You know, the undefeated team, Seattle look real good, you know, but as far as a champion, I don't know, because I, I still like Kansas City. Like, you know, they lost last week, yeah, but you look at that loss, man, that was just a couple miscommunications, you know what I'm saying? A couple bad, bad reads, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, I go back, especially now with that Slavy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that was a big pickup, right? That would be a problem. Huge. Yeah. So what when you when you listen when you look at I, I listen to where you talk about the game, it's pretty cool like how you could watch the game like as a as an average fan, we'll watch the game and we won't see what you just now said, like a couple of miscommunications, a couple of misreads and stuff like that. When you watch the game Whatever you ever put yourself in the game sometime and think you would have did something differently or something when you watch these guys play? <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. It's a, it's a real bad habit because <laughs> while I'm on that, I end up 
I end up catching myself sounding like, you know, that somebody like cussing out the TV. <laughs> but I, I think I'm also doing like from a coach's point of view. And I'd be like, man, you better than that. You know, you could have made that play. Like, all you got to do is do this and then run through them and, you know, do it like that. But um, I think when I watch the game now, I think it, I think I, I pay more attention to the chess match between coach trying to get that middle of the field because it's safe to keep overplaying to the left side and stuff like that. I just watch all the lower tendencies like, oh, why you keep running to the right? You keep running to the right because Bosa on the left. <laughs> Y'all doubling him. So we run it to the right. This day six string, this day six round pick, and he ain't nowhere near nothing that Bosa got. So yeah, we just gonna keep running and lead on this slow linebacker that's getting out of his coverage too slow. You know what I'm saying? So I just watch all the little tendencies like that now and just really watch the whole chess match between the coaches because I think that's what make the game fun for me now, as well as, you know, continue to see guys that I know go out there and do good and put on the show. So from looking at it from that coach's perspective, listen, do you see yourself doing that someday? Coaching one of those yeah, games? I would, I would love to coach a game, man. But, you know, it's hard for us, man. Ain't too many of us out there coaching. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. right? Yeah, we was we we the majority of the players, but we can't get the, the coaching job. Yeah, that's 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 always the case. Yeah, but you know, hopefully one day, man, I get that hove money. I'm a def I'm a definitely try to own my team, man. Coach my team. <laughs> hopefully. Do you think there's any particular reason? It seems like to me, anyway, that injuries are up this season. Do you think there's a reason for that? No preseason, no training camp. Yeah, a lot of guys out there, I mean, think about it. When no training camp, what guys doing? They lifting weights heavy and they doing what <laughs> early. They on the cone drills, but they not really doing a lot of agility. You know, they, they taking care of their body, but they not really doing what's needed to be done to stay healthy during the season. You know, so you got guys coming in, they big and swollen, and they all, you know, they in shape, they strong, but now you gotta be athletic out here on this field. Like, there's only too much that way I'm gonna do. So they cut and they're planting and they tan stuff, and you know, they getting hurt because they not used to putting themselves in that game situation that you would have been in if you was in OTAs since March or April. You know what I'm saying? If you would have had the whole August for training camp and stuff like that. So I think that's why a lot of injuries happening now, just because people weren't moving in the game situation. You know, they out there on the field, probably with some teammates, some friends, and in that weight room getting big. Yeah, I, I hear you. I was thinking the same thing. Like, you always hear people talk about, like, they don't need the preseason and all types of stuff like that. I mean, I, I would think that, as, as crazy as it sounds, when you practice, you practice against each other. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhat live, but it's probably nothing like facing another team and getting that real contact, is it? Nah, not at all, man. Like I said, that's <laughs> the best thing in the world. Because then it's hard to simulate, oh, you actually blocking somebody, you know what I'm saying, pushing them up out of there, or actually tackling somebody, or actually running your route and getting pulled on and your body still, you know what I'm saying? That's the best. You can't simulate that. So when you're actually doing that, doing all the stuff in the game, you good because your body used to it. It's muscle memory. Muscle memory going to take over. Yeah. Not doing it on the flip side and you're in the weight room all day and you on the field by yourself. 
not getting touched, not doing nothing for real. Now, once you finally do it, your body like, oh, what the hell going on? And then it's a snap here or a pull here, and you injured. So that that preseason, that OTAs and all that, that's definitely important, man, because that's the only way people gonna stay healthy. I'm talking about what we had two weekends ago, like 20 people get injured in one weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's been insane. So I want to ask you, you traded a bunch of kids and you're out in the D.C. area. Who, What names should we look out for coming out of the D.C. area? Like whatever, as far as hitting the college, college scene and stuff. I don't want you to get yourself in trouble either. Cause. Yeah, I don't want to get too much because I've definitely been talking to but uh, I don't know. I'm going to tell you like this. Maryland University about to play next week. I think the, the Big Ten, they see they, all of them start next week. 24. Look out for the kid, Rakim Jarrett. Okay. With the St. John's. I think he's going to be number one at Maryland. Okay. A dog. A dog. I don't know too much about Maryland quarterback. I <laughs> a dog. Like he he went that smoke. Like he, he went to the Under Armour game. Yeah. He, told, he he got Dion man and told Prime Time to like, man go get your cleats if you gonna keep talking. <laughs> told Prime Time this and was dead serious. Like he different. Like his mentality just remind me of me. Like he he don't duck no wreck. He different and he be wanting all the smoke. Like he be on online. And I guess they, they posted, remember OG, o, OBJ scored a couple of weeks ago, did the little double move. Yeah. He, he wrote on his page, man, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he wrote all the smoke. Like, he a technician. He work, 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 but he working for something different. So, you know what I'm saying? But as far as high school kids, man, it's a lot of a lot of young talent coming out of this area. But, like I said, this whole COVID situation, I don't know what's going on, man. It's testing these kids' mentality, man, because a lot of these kids talk about, we got some kids, man, that's talking about not even playing football no more. Oh, wow. But those, the Virginia kids, man, you got kids in the inner city that they like, man, if I don't get a scholarship, you know what I'm saying, then what I'm going to do? Like, Because like me, if I ain't get a full scholarship to college, man, I was probably still going to be in the streets or dead or locked up somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of kids like that in the city, man, but I don't know. It's too much talent, man. These kids I'm training, man, they coming out. They coming out 2023, 2024. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to get back on you, and I'm going to have a whole list of names. For oh, you. yeah, yeah. We, we definitely going to want to have you back to talk about that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about that. I, I just got one more question. What's, so what's next for, for Josh Morgan? Man, what's next for me? Honestly, man, my, my my main goal and my biggest dream right now is to just watch my son's dreams come true. You know what I'm saying? Make him watch him make all his dreams come true and live his dreams out. Outside of that, um, hopefully, you know, I continue to get bigger roles in this acting thing, man, so I can really pursue that. And, um, you know, get this book out. Get this book out because I really think it's going to help a lot of kids. I think it's going to help a lot of kids from the elementary school, middle school, college, and a lot of the young people in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, like I said, it's not too much I haven't been through. You know what I'm saying? So I could kind of relate to almost any and everybody. Um, other than that, man, hopefully, man, you see me on the Forbes like Hove one day, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we looking forward, looking forward to that. Kareem, you got anything else or Theo? Um, hey, listen, man, wish you the best, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you're doing positive things in your life with the family. Bubba's doing great, man. And from now on, for months, man, I say, man, best wishes, man. Keep, keep striving and be the best you could be. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Definitely, man. De- definitely, man. That was a great thing you did, man. It's definitely a great thing. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I just want to say I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to, to speak with us. Definitely, uh, well yeah. wishes to your brother, man. Oh yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, he definitely doing good, man. Like I said, I, I I always felt like I was the sacrificial lamb for the family anyway, so it was a no-brainer for me. But mm. I appreciate all y'all, man. Yeah, 